Hello, Trash Crusaders. Welcome to episode 19 of Save Trash Cinema, the podcast where exploitation and exploration come together. It is I, your humble host, your guide through trash cinema, and your favorite dumpster boy, Game and Darty. And on today's episode, we're saluting veterans and the washed up 80s actors who play them. We cover the absolutely blood soaked 2019 modern grindhouse film, VFW. But before we get to that, let me introduce you to someone who definitely needs a little TLC after the last episode, mainly because I verbally abused him for roughly an hour and 15 straight minutes. The beautiful baby boy, Patrick Schweigert. Do you hear that knock at your door, Cayman? Oh, shit. Is that the FBI? Those are papers being served. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that wouldn't be the first time I've had papers served yeah. or the FBI knock on um, my door. I'm suing you for malfeasance. I don't actually know what that means. I just know it's a word they use in law and order. I'll look it up. Keep going. Good. Keep going. Uh, And for our special guest host today, he's contractually obligated to be the beer boy at my wedding. The resident expert on bears, boobs, and apparently VFWs, Michael fucking Cochran. What's up, y'all? Pleasure to be back. Yo, yo, yo. Malfeasance. Wrongdoing, especially by public officials. So honestly, I nailed it. Yeah, I think you really did. Um, I am a public official, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay, good, good. Well, before we jump into the uh, the rest of this episode, let's do a quick housekeeping. We'd love it if you rate and reviewed the podcast on your podcast app of choice. Don't forget you can be on the show by submitting movie recommendations or by being a guest host by emailing us at savetrashcinema.gmail.com or you can DM us on Twitter at savetrashcinema or on Instagram, guess what, at savetrashcinema as well. Make sure to check out last week's mini-sode when we covered the latest A24 horror film, X. Uh, trust me, it's great, and uh, a lot of a lot of sex happens in this movie, so it's enjoyable for everybody. Uh, we will be continuing to release mini shows, crossover episodes, and interviews periodically, so keep your eyes peeled for some exciting content coming down the pipeline. We also have a Discord channel, so you know, come on over and join us there as well. Well, enough housekeeping, enough dilly dally, enough malfeasance, and Ooh. enough Boston Mike just being Boston Mike. Let's sure. get on with a little overview of VF. VFW. What is that? Veterans of foreign wars. Good. Soldiers are good at dying. VFW is a 2019 modern grindhouse action horror film written by Max Brellier and Matthew McArdle, as well as being directed by Joe Bagos. Max Brellier is best known for writing VFW, as well as a kid's cartoon titled The Last Kids on Earth, uh, which is terrifying (laughs) to know that. little piece of uh, trivia there. Uh, Whereas uh, Matthew McArdle is best known for directing the indie crime thriller, Where is Amy Pressman? I have no earthly idea. I hope they find her soon. Mm. Uh, Now, Jeff, Joe Bagos. Yeah, Joe. (laughs) I I think he might be Jeff Bezos's alter ego. Joe Bagos, Jeff Bezos' alter ego, uh, on the other hand, builds out a competent, if not relatively underground presence as a modern grindhouse director, with films such as Almost Human, The Mind's Eye, and one of my personal favorites, Bliss. Wow, he directed Uh, Bliss. He did. Great one. Great one. Uh, What a flick. It's great. It's great. You should... You should get really fucked up on on any sort of drug you have and watch the movie, because guess what? It's also about drugs. Maybe I'll get fucked up on hype. Ooh. 
Oh, man, mm. now you're in spoiler territory. All right, guess what? The story goes as such. A group of old war veterans put their lives on the line to defend a young woman taking shelter in their local VFW post, who just so happens to be running from a deranged drug dealer and his relentless army of drug-addled mutant punks. Fuck I yeah. love that, like, they didn't have to be punks, but they made that choice. And honestly, that choice adds a lot of flavor to this movie. Yeah. Do you remember... No. let's say it had to have been middle school when it was like that big steampunk era oh yeah oh like, whatever happened to those <laughs> losers are they still under the bridge doing that weird dance they Probably. all died they, they all, all died, died. yeah, yeah. All okay of them. Good. they all That's died good. the film stars a cavalcade of 80s b-movie action heroes such as stephen lang from avatar don't breathe and manhunter william sadler from hard to kill die hard 2 and plays death in bill and ted's Excellent adventure. Uh, it also stars Fred Williamson from the Warrior of the Year 2072, the Black Cobra series, as well as Black Caesar. Martin Crove, who you might remember as Crease from The Karate Kid and Cobra Kai. And George Wendt, um, who is Norm Peterson from fucking Cheers. That Why really, this yep. movie? Who? No That really idea. took me, like, that took me by surprise when, when Norm showed up. What's funny Such is that he weirdo. was... He was the most recognizable one right away because they're all old. And instantly, I was like, uh, I was like Leo, just being like, oh, like, cheers. There he is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, the film itself runs for an hour and 32 minutes and spots a Rotten Tomatoes score of 83%. See, we do bring you some decent movies from time to time. Now, unfortunately, the film isn't currently streaming through any major platforms unless you have Shutter subscription, which I highly recommend if you don't already have. Now, you can also rent the film for most outlets such as Amazon Video, YouTube, Apple, Google, etc., etc. And if you want to buy a physical copy, guess what? You can get it on 4K Ultra currently for $7. And let me tell you, quick spoiler, it's worth the fucking money. It's interesting that this movie directed by Joe Bagos on Amazon Video, and that's the first one mentioned. I'm just saying, Moneybags Bezos over here, really getting into this podcast. Mm. Mm. Well, with the overview out of the way, why don't we take some initial some time for some initial thoughts? Uh, I'm going to start off with myself and kind of explain why we're here today and why we're covering this movie. So first things first, VFW I watched a couple years ago when it came out and uh, immediately fell in love. Like this is like one of my favorite modern grindhouse films. This is very much a trash cinema film. It is modern day trash cinema. Perfect for this podcast. However, the big reason we brought this film today is because Mike over here grew up in VFWs and has a very special connection with him. So I'm going to go ahead and pass the mic to Mike. And uh, Mike, tell us your initial thoughts and give us some behind the scenes on what a VFW is. Yeah, when you uh, asked me to come on the podcast, I was like, oh, what movie? And you said VFW. And I was like, like the bar? Yeah. And I looked it up. And I was like, dude, I grew up in VFWs. Um, so there's a VFW in my town and my, and spoiler alert, my dad is not a war veteran. Um, but for some reason he just would go, that was his hometown bar. So he just went, he was basically the only person who'd go in there with like out a, a war ID or whatever they use. And so like, as a kid, I'd go in there my dad would go like get a quick beer, say what's up to his friends. And I'd be like nine playing pool <laughs> with like old men smoking cigarettes near me at like 12 in the afternoon. Um, but then like 
where real like I have a lot of memories from VFWs because there was always holiday parties there. So every Christmas we had ho- like there'd be a, like a holiday party that was there. My uncle would be Santa, and then there'd be like ragtags of like gifts that are like off of like like Kmart, not even Walmart, like like Ames, like like the low brand type of stuff. And like each kid would get like one gift. And then eventually you'd be 13. You don't get any gifts, but you'd still go there because you have other siblings that are there. Um, and it'd be really fun. You'd go there. And then I think that they would have one for Easter too. And so you'd go there just basically for like a free meal, like after like church. Um, and yeah, it, it, it it's great. It's so funny because you go up there. It's like on top of like the bar for like a little like dance hall thing. And it'd be like the same bartender who'd be like going up and down. So she'd be like, I got to go downstairs, take care of the bad. Don't blow up the place, Mickey. That's my, my dad's name. And that's that. I, I was in a VFW till it closed down. Um, probably when I was like 14 or 15 or else I'd like, my dad would still be there and I would probably be there during the holidays when I come back. A couple things. I almost guessed if, if your uncle's name was Mickey, if Mickey was Santa. So it's interesting no. that your dad's name is Mickey. My uncle's uh, name is Chumley. Chumley? Chumley? Yeah, like first name stars. Chumley? No, Chumley. no, no, no. His first name is is, is David. Okay, David <laughs> Chumley. Did you get Chumley from da- whatever? It's fine. Dude, I don't know. Ask my ask my parents. Also, so, that entire story is just the most like Boston Catholic Mark Wahlberg ass movie I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, I'm I'm expecting us to see that not through WB though because no. They Not can't the release movies anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, as Mike said, kind of a, a VFW is the veteran of foreign wars. And they have posts all around the country. And essentially, it's just a fucking bar and a dance hall normally. And veterans will go there. They get like discounted drinks and shit. And they just hang out and tell war stories. That's a VFW. So are VFWs like, do you have, I, well, I mean, you got in, Mike, but is it normal that you have to be a veteran to be there? Yeah, like like technically, like I li- I live in a small town, like or I was from a small town, which is like seven miles long, so everybody knows everybody. So okay. it wasn't like that at mine, but let's say the VFW, a few towns inland. Um, normally, it's like you have to like show a card. I don't know how strict they are, but if you've ever seen True Detective season three, that's where he hangs out in the bar, and then at one point, um, his partner comes in, he's like, "Hey, you don't need an ID." And he's like, and then they're like go fuck yourself i'm getting a beard and they just like start arguing about like the case or whatever um but yeah he he asked right away so that's my other vfw poll in uh cinematic universe sure well patrick um you are not normally a person who seeks out these types of movies on your Mm -hmm. own Mm -hmm. and i force you to watch them almost once a week now Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. to watch them just your initial thoughts going yeah. into this, the titles of VFW, the poster for the film is a bunch of 80s action stars. What what, were, what did you think before you hit roll credit or like hit hit the, the hit start, start button? It's a I think it's a word I use a lot in the initial thoughts, but I was scared. Uh I was scared of this movie. But it, I mean it had my boy Stephen Lang from Avatar, James Cameron's Avatar, the highest grossing film of all time. Uh so like there were uh, the guy from like there's a guy uh, 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 one of the guys is from like Shawshank Redemption I recognize that guy he's the same guy from Bill William and Ted. Sadler yeah, yeah. Sadler there we go there we go I couldn't find his name Whoa, um, yeah. yeah Jeffrey exactly. Horn from Twin Peaks that's his character's name I can't remember the actor's name but he's from Twin Peaks um, but yeah I'm not uh, to be more specific I'm not usually the grindhouse guy like they're 
the the more campy stuff I can get behind, but I'm I'm never one to say like Grindhouse, I'm gonna watch it. Um, so I was a little a uh, little tentative going in. So those are my my initial thoughts. But it, I mean, it looked like it was well made from the trailer and that kind of stuff. All right. Well, hell yeah. Well, we've got the initial thoughts out of the way. Why don't we actually talk about the movie now? On to the show, everyone. VFW. It's for you that we're doing all of this. I, I never asked for your goddamn help, Gramps. The second you walked through that door, we were duty-bound to help you. Let's go. As America's opioid crisis worsens, addicts turn to a new drug, Hylophedrine, street name, Hype. Cities become war zones, neighborhoods crumble, law enforcement retreats. With dealers struggling to meet demand, Hypers resort to any means necessary for their fix. This was the most overwhelming entry to this movie that there could have been. But I I think it's hilarious that this movie is just about hype. Yeah. Yeah. So what I like about uh, the term hype, like right away when I saw that right before it, and then you kind of get into the movie, this could be in real life where instead of, you know, these people doing hype, the drug, Instead, it's hype beasts, and they all are going after the shoes. And there's Whoa. that one guy at ShoeCon, and he's got like the Jordans, and then they're all like, "Ah, give me those Jordans!" And so, like, this is kind of real. Parallels, bro. okay, okay. So, um, what I'm hearing is there's an alternate universe in which this film still exists. However, instead of being on drugs, they're hyped out over the latest pair of Jordans, and apparently, a veteran has them inside of a VFW, and they must all go attack. I'm assuming while also wearing beats, everyone's mm-hmm. got Dre's beats on. And Supreme yep. shirts. Are Supreme shirts still a thing? I don't they, know. They are they are for the hype beast community for yeah. sure. Ooh. For Ooh. sure. Shout out to the hype beast. Bape, bape shorts. <laughs> I have no clue what that means. Inside of a drug den, a bunch of junkies are well, they're junkies, so they're doing drugs. Uh someone's banging on the door to be let in. One of the goons tells the leader that they don't need to fuck with junkies anymore because they have a buyer who will take their entire stock, $50,000 worth of hype. The leader tells him to unload all of it, and then they'll bounce the fuck out of this town. A junkie walks up, and he teases her with some drugs, then tosses them off the balcony. She follows suit and splatters all over the ground below. So, like, at this point, I'm like, so is this, like, a post-apocalyptic situation and, like, the only people left are, are junkies and drug dealers? Like, I'm I'm very concerned for, like, where this movie is headed. And I'm like, how did, how is a VFW going to fit into this? Well, it all makes sense because we cut to a truck, which is being driven by Stephen Lang. And it stops and picks up Fred Williamson, the Black Cobra. And they're heading to the VFW. It's during the car ride to the VFW we find out essentially a bunch of random shit that, that is very pivotal to the plot. One, Stephen Lang's birthday. 
Two, the city has been overrun by junkies who are uh, basically holed up in an abandoned theater. Three, the police, they don't give a shit anymore. The police are like, you know what? This is not a problem. We don't care about junkies. We're fucking done with this joint. We're out of here. We're done. We're not doing it. That's why there's no police anywhere. That's why the streets are run. That's why it's post-apocalyptic. That's why it's literally Detroit. That's, that's where we are right now. The police, they don't serve and protect, as we found out through recent events in the real world. And this movie just nailed it on the head. Also, sure. William Sadler was in the trunk of the bed, or the, the truck bed, the entire time they were driving of down the road. Just asleep like in the truck bed, which honestly, nice touch. baller fucking move. Ball gave me a good laugh when he when Stephen Lang bangs on the bed of the truck and he's like whoa, 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 and like <laughs> pops every goddamn pothole yeah, yeah. <laughs> just fuck. but I yeah it's it. like I have so many questions about this town it's like so are the only people here junkies and then the veterans that just decided not to leave town like That's I'm just, I'm say. so confused and like I I hope we had there's a VFWCU where there's like other stories being told in this world because I have questions and and also. Like that girl jumping off the balcony to just take a step back. Like there's definitely stairs like, <laughs> and it's, and it's like, she ju- maybe, maybe 20 feet. Like you'd be fine. Okay. Hold on. I think we're missing the point here. The whole point of the balcony scene is to just drive home. How desperate the junkies are to get their fix. Oh yeah. No, I get the whole that. part. No, I get that. But, uh, but you know, like I, I, my depth perception was hitting and I was like, that's like 20 feet. I've been in an auditorium. I mean, the dark Knight dropped that dude off at three stories and he just broke a leg. So sure. This, this, this dirt girl just dove. She dove headfirst into the into the shallow end and just friggin' splattered. Well, th- that's why they tell you not to dive headfirst in the shallow end, Mike. That's why you go on the stairs. Well, I okay. We're you know what? We're moving on. We're Look, moving you either on. you either die die a villain or you live long enough to be the hero, right? Or sure. Junkie. Darkest night. I don't know. We're moving on. <laughs> Stephen Lang he opens up the VFW, then walks out back and eyes a military truck, turret included foreshadowing perhaps Mm -hmm. inside of the theater a normal looking girl finds the exploded remains of the junkie from before and she is pissed i in my head canon the girl that is blown up from jumping like owed her like 50 bucks or like didn't take out the trash that morning or something oh god the 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 reaction to be pissed that someone is dead on the ground is like that i love this world that we they're building like you asshole, you didn't clean the fucking cat litter like I specifically right. asked you to. Now the entire apartment smells like piss and shit. Exactly. That's exactly right. Inside of the VFW, it's full of a bunch of old dudes. We got Norm. We got Crease. We got Black Cobra. We got Jerry Horn from Twin Peaks. The whole gang, it's back together, boys. Unbelievable. And like at this point, I'm watching the movie, and we, you know, we've only seen, I guess, three settings. The theater, the streets, and then now the VFW. And I think it's safe to assume most of this movie is probably going to be in the VFW. I'm just really admiring the set dressing. I'm admiring the way that this this world is being built. And what if I told you, Cayman, that the interiors of the VFW post were shot on location at a real VFW hall in Grand Prairie, Texas, specifically post number 2494? Several of the hall's real veterans appear as extras in the bar scenes uh, or during the opening scenes. How about that? Do you think they just like paid them in beer? Got it. Oh, yeah. For sure. They they, they, they probably didn't even know that they were there. They're like, fucking hippies in here with their goddamn cameras. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's actually probably very fair. Also, um, by this point, I'm already a hundred percent like sucked in the movie because the soundtrack is sick. It is just oh, like God, an yeah. '80s like deep just pulse. Like I'm in some cyberpunk world, but it's just 2019 in a shitty neighborhood. Oh yeah, uh, Mike. I'm curious the this Grand Prairie, Texas VFW. How similar was it to the one you grew up in? So it's so much smaller than mm. than like it's yeah so much smaller um it all the all the things are there like a pool table just a bar um and a jukebox that's pretty yeah. much it dim lit for sure but um yeah the one that was at mine there was probably like four pool tables and then a bunch of just like random tables everywhere like on the ground and then like a long bar everything's like has like that like gold beaded upholstery on it mm-hmm. you know you can smell you can smell it right when you walk in it's just wood old people cigarette smoke in america so it's good it's good stuff it's good not smell. everything not everything is bigger in texas we're here to confirm mm, that's true that's true especially greg abbott's penis jerry horn whose character's name in the movie is doug he tries to smoke a joint inside the bfw and ling tells him to fuck off then they decide to shut the bar down early to celebrate Stephen ling's birthday at that point, a random young guy walks in during the middle of a story. He's looking for a beer. He just got home from overseas. The boys all make a plan to go to a strip club and see some, and I quote, American Poontang. Didn't think that was a term, not for any like connotation reasons. I just thought that was a term that died, but yeah, I guess not. No one said, I don't think I've heard a person use the word poontang. It's, it, I love this scene in particular because you got Fred Williamson and they're passing around this flyer to the strip club. And there's, there's some backstory about how there's like, it's, she's like the daughter or granddaughter of like this girl who was, was a dancer who would go over with, I think it's the USOs uh, or whatever they're called that go overseas to the boys and do like dancing and stuff. If you've seen, um, if you've seen uh, the marvelous Miss Maisel, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, it's like the daughter, or the granddaughter, or whatever. She's now a stripper, and so they're passing around this flyer. And uh, Fred Williamson looks at it. And he's like, "She ain't got no pussy hair," which goes on this tangent where they talk about bushes and mm-hmm. pubic hair for way too long, mm-hmm. and it ends. With Fred Williamson essentially being like, I used to have to carry around a bushel of toothpicks to pick the pubes out of my teeth. <laughs> Fucking awesome. Just one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Uh, and honestly, I feel like if that came out of the, the mouth of literally anyone else, like it would, it's immediately offensive. But coming out of the mouth of Fred Williamson, it's like, you know what? Yeah. This like, man old people, old people can say shit like that and you just can't say anything. You're just like, yeah, I have to accept that that is true. Sure. Well, back in the theater, the normal chick overhears the plans to sell the drugs. So she sneaks back into the room and steals all of the drugs that they have in the safe. Unfortunately for her, she's been seen by the leader. All this could have been avoided if she was just a little sneakier. Cayman. All of it could have been. There's some Easter eggs here, though, that I don't know if you caught came in or if you caught mike but i definitely caught them as a big jeff bezos fan uh on the list of movies seen above the cinema one of them is called bliss the aforementioned bliss uh to joe bagos's previous film so fun fact about bliss it is actually another drug movie 
Um, the actress who plays Gutter, who we'll get to her in a little bit, she's the lead actress in Bliss, and it's all about her essentially like spiraling out of control on this drug called Bliss that's making her like vomit up black goo and shit, and how it's like opening a portal to hell in her brain for her to make the this masterpiece artwork. It's a wild ass movie. Also, incredible soundtrack. Uh, and just copious amounts of gore. It's very on brand for Jeff Bezos. Um, yeah, very she, on brand. I didn't realize that she played the titular character of Stacy Bliss in that mm. movie. Good old Steve. <laughs> Finish it. The leader gets on the loudspeakers <laughs> and tells the junkies to go find the girl. Lizard is her name. And if they find her, he'll get them all high. Then all hell fucking breaks loose the hypies they come out dude they not just come out they're out for blood as well mm-hmm. now lizard she escapes the theater and hightails it to the vfw across town oh not across town it's literally across the street i don't know why i said yeah. town fuck you came in across the street there's the vfw she goes in she busts through the door guess what's right behind her a bunch of fucking junkies and Jerry Horn, who's hanging outside smoking a joint, takes an axe to the fucking chest. Then here comes Stephen Lang, whipping out a shotgun. Cocoon! Blows a dude's motherfucking head clean off. Zero to 60. This movie, like, it didn't even feel like there was necessarily, like, tension building. It felt like they were just, like, laying the groundwork. And then they just flip a switch and people start getting blown up. Yeah, and there was also that... Um, so meta line where the guy's like, or gutter says to the leader, like, Oh, what are they going to do They're They can barely even walk. They're all hyped out. And he's like, an army of junkies is still an army. I mean, <laughs> okay. If, if I'm going to be completely honest with you, the people I don't want to fuck with are people who are that desperate for drugs. Oh, yeah, or no people way. who are on copious amounts of drugs. I mean, mm-hmm. you've seen videos and stuff of the yeah, dude I've, on I've bath salts. To, like, I've been to Atlanta. Person. I've been yeah. to Atlanta. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. More guys break in and the vets proceed to clean house. Heads get crushed. Guts splayed open. Full-fledged carnage unravels in front of them. And uh, yeah, guys, this movie, like you said, zero to 60, but also... Holy fuck, the amount of gore in this opening scene is wild. Yeah, I can't remember if it was this scene or a later scene um, because it happens multiple times. But I think the first one, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's William Sadler just starts like stomping on this guy's head. Oh, it's right. So much, so much to where it eventually doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, and that's yeah. not the only awesome. time that happens in this movie. No, there's yeah, multiple he, he, scenes where heads get crushed in. Yeah, yeah, he curb stomps this guy real real good. The thing no, is, yeah. there's not even a curb there. There's like, no curb. He no, just no, is no. using all of his old man strength to just fucking mush the head into nothing. Yeah. Now, the young army man, he blocks the side door, but not before seeing a horde of junkies swarming the building. Now, it's at this point. We have our first casualty, boys. Hmm. Norm heads out back to grab his car, but is stopped short by one of the drug leaders, Gutter, who coincidentally guts Norm, Mm -hmm. literally splays his fucking intestines all over the street. The rest of the group. 
rest of the group barricades themselves inside. I'm glad they killed Norm this early. Same. What actually. was he gonna do? He was out of he all really, them. He looks. He looks the worst out of all the old guys. Yeah, you know I mean, yeah. that's fair. Just, just gonna say that out there. I mean, you know, everybody didn't know his name. I. <laughs> I feel like. Uh, I feel like Norm originally in the script had a lot bigger of a part, and they got to filming, and it was the end of day one, and he was just like, honestly, I'm so tired. Can we just? Can we rewrite it to work? Can I be the first to go? And just, Joe was like, oh, yeah, we can. I can't, do my, I can't believe that my gout. that all these guys. Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. His gout must have been acting up. Mm-hmm. I can't believe they got all these dudes to sign up for this type of movie. Sure. Like, it is kind of impressive. Like it's it's these are real names like big. Like, I mean, I've I've known I know a, a piece of good cinema. Every single one of these people have been in. Sure. And they're good yeah. shit. I feel like they should have titled this movie Hype Beasts versus Gout Beasts. Mm-hmm. Could have been mm-hmm. a great way to really include the gout community as well as like, the Hype man, Beast community. Yeah, speak, speaking of gout, it, we'll, we'll close the loop on this. My, my dad totally has had gout in a VFW as well. So Yeah, like Gout Mickey, we call him. <laughs> gout <Yep>. Mickey. <laughs> Just, I can't even. I can't even. Lang attempts to sneak outside now. And he tries to start up his truck, the one from before, but he's soon attacked by Gutter, and she demands for him to, quote, give it back. Walter comes out and saves him, and the young vet drops seven dudes with clean headshots. Then they all scamper back inside with a horde of mutant junkies in pursuit. I thought it was interesting. So many of the of the guys are very normally dressed, but Walter has this very like particular like combat jacket on. Yeah, uh, and that there's a reason for that. Came in, uh, so it's never spoken on screen. But Walter's army jacket uh, and the end credits indicate that his surname is Reed, which is a reference to the Walter Reed National Military Medical Center, one of the United States' most prominent military hospitals. Do you, How about that? Do you think that maybe they named Walter Reed? national military medical center after this character they saw this movie and were like we need to now do this mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure actually i think i look at the wikipedia for the walter reed medical hospital uh during the movie and i'm pretty sure it lines up with the release of this movie well that makes sense because during the movie i i felt so obliged and moved by that because i also saw patrick that i went on wikipedia and i changed it so mm. i i did it for us and him in america a real a real hype beast did it job, for america Mike. This is like the most American movie. Now, Ling, he runs back inside. He snatches up Lizard and demands to know exactly what the fuck is happening and why. While they can't exactly get the news out, Kreese and Ling do let some blood loose. Well, what I mean by that is that Kreese gets his nose absolutely fucking shattered by uh, Stephen Ling. He just headbutts the fuck out of them they're rusty you know they don't they don't know who's the enemy anymore in their old age it happens i mean charlie everywhere crease is a goddamn used car salesman and so (laughs) i would you know i mean honestly i think it's your american duty to pretty much punch any used car salesman you ever meet you just have to do it. Yeah. This past weekend, actually, I was driving uh, down the street and I passed a used car lot and I, I pulled in real quick and, and I asked for the manager and I, I clocked him in the face and I just left and it was it was understood. I mean, I feel like it is. They're just yeah. they get punched in the face so often. Mm-hmm. They're like, America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Civil duty. Crease goes to clean himself up 
and finds a bag of stolen drugs in the bathroom. With the drugs in hand, Lizard finally opens up and explains that Boz, the drug lord, killed his sister. Killed his sister? Killed her sister. What am I talking about? Remember the junkie who plummeted to her death before? Yeah, that is the sister that he killed, which technically he really didn't kill. He sure. just enticed off a balcony. So She doesn't know, know that. That is true. She doesn't know that. What do you now, think her what do you think her name would have been? Because we have all these terrible fucking names for the other side of the street. I imagine her name was Spider. Ooh, yeah. It's Ooh. definitely it's an animal of some kind. Newt, maybe. Ooh, no, that's from Alien. That would be too on the nose. Mm, okay. Yeah. You're on the uh, nose. What about uh, a chameleon? Ooh, that's a little hard to say. Cammy. She goes by Cammy for short. She goes by George Michael. Yes, that's that. Yeah, that you're right. That's not too complicated. Wait, sorry. No, boy George, which was the one that did come a come a come a come a come a whatever. Boy, fuck boy, this. that was boy. The boy that was boy, boy George. Girl George, yeah. boy George Michael. Is there a boy George Michael out there? There probably is. There is a, probably a boy named George Michael. I 1000% believe that there's like a drag queen, ja- dra- no, sorry, a drag king. Let me get mm. my phrasing correct. That is boy George Michael. And part of the performance art is that they start off as boy George. And then they do like the first song and then they switch over and then it is. So they go from like chameleon and then switch into like careless whisper. And then they, you know, they take the wig and then they have like their hair. You know what I'm talking about? Pretty camp. I feel like it's, I feel like that's perfect. And if no Mm -hmm. one's done it before, I might just do it myself. But then again, Mm -hmm. I don't think I'd be a drag king. I'd just be a dude. Who's probably outside of like the Biloxi in Las Vegas? Who mm-hmm. just asking to get for a few bucks? You'd yeah. be a hype beast. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> now, she exposition dumps, and they all realize. Guess what? They aren't making it out of the VFW alive tonight. Um, they've kind of set the premise that basically is like the drugs are. The only thing that's keeping them alive, because if the drugs disappear, then the whole building will just burn down and everyone's going to die. And they also are like, hey, we're not bad dudes. We are veterans. We have fought wars for freedoms and shit. And we can't just kick out Lizard, because if we do that, then we're just huge pieces of shit. And I kind of dig that, you know, because that was my whole first thought. And I know definitely that was Michael's first thought was like, just throw her outside. But then, you know, once you start to think about it, it makes sense. Sure. You know, this, it's at this point where I'm like, you know what? I just have to accept what this story is telling me. That, you know what? Yeah, no one's making it out tonight without a fight. You're right. I agree. Keep telling your story. Dude, yeah, it's were... Stephen Lang. Do you think sure. this motherfucker's going to just sit down? No, absolutely not. not. Not at all. Yeah, this dude, I mean, this dude took over an, a, a fucking peaceful alien planet just because he was told to do so. He's not going to yeah. go back on, on his, his virtues. And also, and they looked, were, they were, look damn good doing it. Yeah, he, oh, yeah. dude, he looks, I, I, whatever, however old he is, he's 10 years younger because he looks fucking great. Yeah. Um, if, but, if I look that good when I'm that old, I've succeeded. Sid's in trouble. Facts. <laughs> sure is because this beer, <laughs> this beer boy is getting at him. Um, Ooh. But they were they were kicking ass and taking no names like for far too long, and then eventually they were like, "Where's this girl? What's going on here?" I was like, "You guys just killed like eight people already." <laughs> Didn't even think about it. Like literally curb stomped the dude's head off, shooting and people, like, and then they were like, "What are we even doing this for?" They're like, I don't know, just Charlie everywhere. And like the I love the fact that these are totally 
drugged out psychos. And these are just these old frail ass ex military, like 80 year olds that are just kicking their ass. And there's no question as to how, because they're just that badass. It's great. I mean, yeah. like you can't not root for them. Cause you're yeah. like, fuck yeah. I love this. Yeah. The old guys, in America. Of course I am. They count their bullets. And after realizing they definitely need more ammo for what's about to come, they opt to do something a little different. Meaning they make some homemade death weapons from random shit. We got pool cues. We got stools. They're breaking. I mean, they're getting creative. Insane. Insane. I love Fred Williamson makes himself like a set of Wolverine claws. Yes. Out of like, like, like a fucking kebab skewers. I don't Mm -hmm. even know what what they were, but he's like, the, the, the young vets like, Hey man, uh, don't put your eye out. He just looks when he's like, I've eaten more pussy than you could think of. And then like, that's just like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah. Fred Williams. Fuck. Yeah. I love you. Yeah. The coolest, the coolest character we didn't even mention yet is the VFW. Cause the VFW is just this other character. It's its own character itself. Like they, they start making, they make a sick, I think it's during this time too. They make a sick fucking, like, I don't even know, like a booby trap catapult thingy that just, with the keg yes yes so smart so smart right away they just fucking just make they were like yep nope been here before doing this yeah this is if if home alone uh if kevin from home alone was a ptsd ex-vet who served in vietnam i'm i'm a little worried guys that when we get old millennials won't be able to know how to make a keg pull stick booby trap well the thing is we're all going to be just fighting over water uh, and living in in camps like Fair. of of like hundreds of people because the it, earth will be dead. We will be more. I don't know which one do you think we're going to be more Mad Max or more Kevin Costner Waterworld? Waterworld. Sea level I rising. Hope, ooh. I mean, yeah, I, I would say it's probably more likely we'll end up in more Waterworld. We'll be fighting more for gasoline, less for water. Um. I don't. Can you? I don't. I think you're not supposed to drink ocean water, though. Mm-hmm. It causes you to, to hallucinate and shit. It's salt water. Of course, you're not supposed to drink hallucinate. Because it, it yeah. causes hallucinate. Where, because you get sick. Oh, where's the nearest like, ocean? I need to have a trip. You, okay. I don't know. You maybe. Don't, I'm right. pretty sure you could. You, like you could boil it and like filter. You could do science to it and figure shit out. But that's you all right, do Mr. All right, bear guy. Bear guy, I mean, watch. We'll we'll hold the fucking Google all this shit later and be like, <laughs> I was right, guys. I was fucking right. Next time I'm on the show, you're gonna have to tell everyone how right I was, and yep. it's gonna hurt. But you know, science what? with Mike what? is gonna be a new segment. Science for Mike. You know what? <laughs> the horde of junkies now attempt to break into the VFW and are met with absolute fury. An axe to the head, spike traps, spears, finger toothpicks, hockey sticks, pool sticks. A dart, knives, broken bottles, pistols, a fucking firebomb, and then the piece de resistance, a motherfucking deer head. God damn. Yeah, the the deer head, <laughs> that was when I could tell that this everything in this is done practically because that they did a very good job making this like puppet head, but just the way that it like 
crunches and like mm. squirts oh. and things like that. I was like, this is, yeah. oh, oh, oh man, that uh, deer head. How did they, I didn't, I didn't understand it, but I just knew what it was. Cause I mean, cause I played the last of us. It basically was like this little spike bomb that they made out of like a tennis ball with like, like, I don't know, spikes in it. And I was like, yeah, that'll blow up. Like I, I was like, I don't know how they're making this bomb, but I was like, that sure is a bomb. Mm-hmm. Science with Thank Mike. you, Joel. That and sure Ellie. is a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> right when they think they've gotten respite for a few moments, a big ass ball dude comes storming in and wreaks havoc on the vets. Luckily for them, Lizard and the young vet go Super Saiyan and empty the dude's head out all over. The VFW. Like, I don't know. I don't care how fit you are if you just came from overseas in a combat zone. Destroying this man's head with your kneecap, there is no way this man's knee is still intact because that dude's head is completely gone by the time he's done just slamming the head into his own knee. Okay. We gotta do some we gotta do some math here. Someone look up and find out how much force it takes to to, to crumple a human head. And then how much you can knee, like how much force a knee can take to like you can knee someone. Like how, how many pounds, per, you know, because like he grabs the head, right? And he knees it once. And you're like, okay. And he knees it again. You're like, all right. Then he knees it a third time. You're like, okay. And then by the 18th time he knees it, it's just no head. It's just a stop awesome. at this point. Fucking so great. Awesome. He just high kneed him. A quick Google search says uh, you need 1,100 pounds of pressure force to break the skull. But I don't know what pressure force means in comparison to. You'd be shocked. No, you could. Yeah, you could. Sure, that is actually. Yeah, you can. You could smoke ahead. He could. Yeah. That, that absolutely. I mean, I don't know if it would happen just like that, but it was very serendipitous because that dude fucking how they even got into the bar is because that fucking big bald fuck. Let's let's call him Randy. Just open the door by taking just some junkie's head. It was just like, I'm just going to open it with him and just destroyed this random dude's head. And open the fucking door. <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm pulling this from, there's this law firm that has like a little, uh, a little article about uh, skull trauma. Uh, and they say, uh, typically skull fractures occur after a harsh fall, a car accident, a sports injury, or via the knee from a combat vet in a VFW as a big fall bad boy. So oh, that was de- that was definitely that was uh Michael Patterson's lawyer mm-hmm. on the staircase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I <laughs> oh think god. We fucking nailed it, guys. <laughs> we fucking did it. Now the group barricades the doors once more and sit down for a drink. Chris decides in this moment that he can negotiate because he is a used car salesman, as we said before, and uh he just fucking heads out. And like we just- know. This is not ending well from yeah. the second he leaves. Kreese just books out the door. Everyone's yelling at him. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't fucking do it. Don't you guess fucking what do he it. does. He fucking does it. And it works out as expected. And unfortunately, Kreese gets both waxed on and waxed off. Mm. But the the, sal- the salesman in me, because I, I, I am in sales, I did appreciate him practicing his pitch as he was walking. Yeah, that was street. good. <laughs> that was <good. laughs> we've all like if you like mike's in sales i used to be in sales patrick is is fortunate enough never to suffer through this shit like the rest of us have i did a little bit um, of sales and i immediately quit okay. because i hated okay, it so fair. much but dude i can't tell you how many times that i've like 
practice my sales pitch like in a mirror before going to like or like in the car doing like road sales like getting like just getting it ready before i like head into a meeting to like really nail it always fucked it up see that's one of the reasons i quit because i never would practice because i was like i hate this so much and that's but, why i never made a single sale but it is it is a pretty good uh interpretation of a sales meeting. It's like, okay, I'm going to practice. I'm going to practice. I'm going to practice, but you can never prepare for the guy who just comes into the meeting with a fucking gun and shoots you in the head with your plan. And you're like, <laughs> fuck true. you, dude. I had that shit on lock and you ruined yeah. it. The moral of the story. Don't do sales. Moral of the story. Yeah. Never practice. <laughs> never practice or yeah. never do it. If, mm. if you don't try, you can never fail. That's hey, my Look how far I've gotten. gotten. Fair enough. In the process, laying takes a gunshot to the leg, and they drag him back in and patch him up. But they also realize that Jeffrey Horn, good old Dougie, remember the guy from before who took the axe to the chest? Yeah. He finally dies. Surprised it took that long. I didn't even realize he was dead. It just was like, ah, he died. Yeah. I mean, we knew he was dead the second an axe entered his chest cavity yeah 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 yeah. yeah. he did he yeah. did have oh he oh, the funniest line in the in the whole movie is like they're kind of like in a battle or whatever or like preparing it and the girl lizard terrible fucking name by the way um is like protecting him and he and he he's and he has a joint and he's like he's like hey help me out light it up and she's like no you can't smoke you can't smoke and he's like are you fucking kidding me <laughs> he's just yeah. like bleeding out she like won't let him smoke yeah, that, that is yes indeed now Lang goes full sad drunk mode and lizard tries to motivate him but it doesn't work what does work however is a moment of self-reflection seeing some old photos of him and his buddies and he also is sitting on a toilet which is where i do most of my self-reflecting now hmm. he pulls his shit together long enough to rally the troops for another junkie onslaught. Cayman, I don't think we've taken the time to really appreciate the breadth of Stephen Lang's career. It's Would true. you agree or disagree? I agree 100%. I mean, we've talked, obviously, about James Cameron's Avatar. I mean, Fair. a classic role. Sure. But, Mike, did you know that he began his career in theater? You know, From stage always, to screen. It's always those uh, actors that do, like, gnarly shit that are like the theater people like Idris Alba's of the world and stuff. And you're like, sure. what? like, you know, Tony nominated uh, as Lou in the speed of darkness, happy in the Dustin Hoffman revival of the death. Wow. Of the Salesman, Colonel Jessup and a few good men, Mike Tallman alongside Quentin Tarantino and Marissa Tomei and wait until dark. Insane. I don't think that one's theater, but well, you know, the cool thing is that, you're right. We didn't take enough time to appreciate it, but he's legitimately incredible in this movie. He's great. He's, yeah. like, he's really he, good in this movie. He's really he good. And, you know, they're like the, the bigger movies like Don't Breathe. Like, he's really good in those two for like the role he plays. And in this movie, it's like, look, this is a, a trash cinema film. And mm -hmm. this dude puts on a fucking performance. My favorite <laughs> performance of his is uh, it's actually a fan made short film. Mm. Uh, in which he plays Sully to Nathan Fillion's Drake. And there's uh, like a an uncharted fan film. And it's yeah. incredible. And it's like, why didn't we ever get Stephen Lang as Sully? I th would have done way better than Mark Wahlberg. Jesus oh. fucking Christ. What a terrible movie. I, know. I can't I believe know. you liked that movie, Cayman. <laughs> Fuck yourself. <laughs> my, uh, my, my favorite movie of his, uh, well, it was actually 
the movie was made in honor of him is Small Soldiers, the Chip Hazard Whoa. toy they made that they made for him. Um, because that's exactly what he fucking looks like. Mike, that is a deep cut, and I love it. <laughs> I love it too. Now, in preparation of the next onslaught, and it's about to get crazy, guys. Fred Williamson snorts probably about $5,000 worth of hype and then brandishes the most badass fucking machete I potentially have ever seen in my life. I keep forgetting that it, the drug is hype. It's, so, <laughs> it's just so funny. There's, yeah, the hype is not a, a the drug name. I mean, look, I think hype is a good drug name, but like maybe not in this movie. Not in this movie. Like I it agree. needs to be, but it needs to be something more insane. Like hype is fine. Like hype is someone to be like, hey, you know what? You want to do some ecstasy? No, we're calling it hype now. And it'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. But like I don't really know what high this drug gives you outside of that. It whatever the ramifications are, it turns you into a goddamn mutant fucking zombie mm. punk. I don't know. I don't maybe know what the, it does. Maybe the writers, they're like, you know, so out of touch with like normalcy that throughout the whole like writing process, they're like, oh, we'll just call it this hyper drug and we'll name it H for short. And then all of a sudden people got on set and they were like, dude, we already have a drug called H. And they're like, fuck, got to change it. Yes, that drug H, Michael. What is that drug for the audience's sake? What is H? Is it Jackal? Yes, Michael. I'm a young hip youth. I know this. Is this a wait? Is this a joke? Is this a bit? You don't know H? What is the fuck is H? Heroin, right? Who the fuck is heroin H? Yeah. Isn't isn't that like a street term for heroin? Is H? No, that is. That's totally what it is. So so Cayman Cayman was out of the joke that he started. Well, it wouldn't be the first time. Now, word on the street is, boys, shit's about to get fucking real. Uh, for the third time. For the third time. Junkies ram through the VFW and war begins. Lang throws a bag of drugs into the air and the young vet shoots it. The junkies then inhale all of the drugs and start turning on each other. A head gets blown off and another gets decapitated. I Fred thought it, it could have been cool if, sorry to cut you off, Cayman. I thought oh, it could have been fine. cool if, uh, because like the, the, it blows up like in the middle of them. And so a lot of the, the junkies get affected by it. It would have been cool if we had like a scene where like Lang also gets affected by it and he's like oh. having to like deal with fucking killing people while high on hype. That's, yeah. How could that how, would, yeah? Well, I mean, Fred Williamson kind of does a little bit because you know, yeah, he yes, high on hype. That's how, that's co- right. how come, how come they just start like eating each other after, like they like turn each other and they're just like eat, like they're like, right? Isn't it like they like look like they're just like okay. eating like the boss man? So, I think what hype is it is a mixture of like ecstasy, heroin. Maybe a dash of meth, but majority bath salts. Yeah, it just goes. You just so, go, so like, it's like it's like crocodile. It's like mm-hmm. it's like a what I think they call it on the streets, Michael. If you knew, if you're real hip like I am, it's called a crazy eight ball. 
Mm. Mm-hmm. It is. Now Fred Williamson tells him to flee, and then he'll hold off the rest. So William Sadler uses a concrete saw and then proceeds to literally slice up a horde of mutant junkies 30 deep. Just goes goddamn fucking ham on these guys. And like the the cynic in me is like, oh, that saw would like break in five seconds. But I'm like, I'm so glad it didn't. I'm so glad that this was just dead rising the video game and this saw just tore through all of them. Hell yeah. Now, Williamson goes toe to toe with Gutter both wielding machetes, and Lizard gets kidnapped by Boz. Upon realizing this, Lang rushes back into the VFW to save her. Now, Sadler and the young vet, they run off to the military truck, fighting off junkies along the way. Back at the truck, Sadler's jumped, and inside, he is chainsawed up by a fucking junkie. Incredible. God damn it. All right. If we can add some bagpipes in post, please. Just fuck you guys. (laughs) Back inside the VFW. Lang rips off the wall, the Veterans of War flag, and then impales Gutter straight through the fucking face, mm-hmm. saving Fred Williamson. He then posts Fred up at the bar and runs off to save Lizard. That scene, okay. One. It's not even just through the face. First, it's through the yeah. neck. Yeah. And then she like kind of starts to fall back, and he just stakes her into the ground just fucking straight through the face which reversed aliened her i don't know if you guys know this but the actress who plays gutter obviously she's in in jeff bezos's uh bliss Mm -hmm. she's also did you guys watch dexter oh yeah do you remember the that's why i recognize her she's i forgot the character's name he's one of the the other guys that works in the lab with dexter it's his daughter um, who's the That's stripper in the it. show? And yeah. like, she has a very it's like two like two episodes that she's in it. Uh, honestly, I love her. I think she's she's great. Um, and she plays a total fucking badass too. She looks and hot as hell with that crazy hair. True, that is very true. And honestly, like, if I'm ever gonna be, and I've, I've we've interviewed a bunch of people before, and I've always told everyone in here, like, look, if you're ever gonna do a movie. Like, and you just need someone to just get, like, just absolutely ruthlessly killed on screen. Just please call me. Call the dumpster just boy. Call me. I want to be, fu- I just murder me on screen. I just, that would be like the ultimate thing. I don't care if I get even a line. I just want to mm-hmm. have a very memorable death on screen. That's, mm-hmm. that's, the, the, that's all and, I ask. And that's the dumpster boy guarantee. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. Nailed it. Now, Lane chases after boz and lizard outside and he puts a shotgun round into boz's shoulder unfortunately this isn't enough and the two have a standoff lizard makes an escape by setting the bag of drugs on fire and then out of nowhere the not dead william sadler drives the military truck into blaz blowing both of them up god damn god damn I thought it was so interesting that right before this scene, uh, a cover of the recent 
Beyonce song started playing and Boz started singing. And I realized this has been Boz Lerman the whole time. Who'd have thought? Is he the guy that's like currently in a lawsuit with Taylor Swift? Boz Lerman. He's the director of Moulin Rouge and all those movies. Oh, I thought, I thought, I thought he was, I thought he was the boss where he had those three girls that their boss is Charlie. And then they're always like, Oh, boss. And like, there's something about like angels or something. What is that? Patrick? Actually, I don't know. I don't think I, I don't think I get that reference. What is Lucy Liu best known for? Mm, Kill Bill. Mm. Kill Bill. That's what she's known from. <laughs> That's the movie I'm thinking Old of. Old Charlie. Old Charlie. With Ling and Lizard saved, they head back with the young vet to have a beer for the road. Inside the bar, however, they aren't found with celebration because Fred Williamson has expired. Wait, <clears throat> sorry. No, never mind. No, he's just old and he fell asleep. Same. Oh, oh wait. Sorry. Never mind again. He drops his shot on the bar and then passes away. Like what a real fucking American hero should do. That is how we all should die. At a bar, we should spill our shot. The bartender's like, God damn. Oh my God. You know what? He's dead. He's fucking dead. That is the dumpster boy guarantee. That Mm -hmm. is how we will all die. And then trumpets. The remaining three then decide to sell the drugs themselves uh, so they can use the money to fix up the VFW. And then they cheers with a shot of whiskey. Roll credits. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. What, a, what an end. Um, so there's a, 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 pretty, a pretty hefty amount of trivia left, but I think it's very fascinating. And I think we should, we should discuss it. So the original script was for a much more elaborate, expensive action film with Cinestate and Fangoria, or when, excuse me, Cinestate and Fangoria obtained the rights, they demanded extensive rewrites to bring the budget under $1 million down from the original $20 million projected price. So this is a list of all the things that were either cut or changed from the original vision of VFW. The script was specifically written to take place and be shot in Detroit. Boz's headquarters were meant to be an abandoned Skyrise apartment, not a movie theater. And then with that in mind, Lizard's infiltration of Boz's lair was meant to be an elaborate stunt sequence involving Lizard scaling the side of an apartment building, at one point dropping her gun through the rungs of a fire escape. And accordingly, Lizard escapes from Boz, uh, or the escape of Lizard from Boz's uh, place would have been much more complex and involved her fleeing down multiple stories of the apartment building uh, while chased by hypers, which like that sounds awesome. Like that, I could see like how cool that would have been. Yeah, uh, the original script also called for hundreds of hypers to attack the VFW at once, rather than the dozens we see in the film. Uh, following the first wave, the veterans would have made barricades made out of the hypers' corpses that would have been visible for the remainder of the film and used as a defensive position in the final siege. Also, would have been dope. Damn, it's like three hundred, um, right? Yeah, uh, a third wave of hypers' uh, attacks. Uh, excuse me, take it back. A third wave of hyper attacks was scripted in which a hyper drives a burning school bus through the wall of the VFW, causing it to explode and spill out a wave of dozens of flaming hypers who would have attacked the veterans while burning to death. And like, it's at this point I can just see like the bill is just getting so, so high with all of these effects, especially (laughs) since I'm, I'm assuming they probably would have wanted to do all of this practically too. 
Oh, yeah, 100%. Fred would have kicked off the final battle by improvising a Molotov cocktail out of a bottle of overproof rum, setting the bar on fire. Abe would then have fought the final wave of hypers in a burning bar while Fred, Walter, and Lizard escaped, which also would have been so cool. Way better. Finally, um, Abe was meant to die during the final siege. Um, Abe still being alive when Fred and Lizard return was a change made at the insistence of Fred Williamson, who plays Abe. Uh, who refused to complete filming if he wasn't allowed to have one final line in the final scene. And that's like your old school Hollywood to where you can like force a rewrite of the script. I love it. Honestly, Fred Williamson deserves much, much, much more. It is, it is crazy. I think the biggest point there is that this movie was shot on a budget of 1 million or less. Yeah. Like, which is really impressive. Incredible for what they achieved. Now, sure. It's only shot in like, the shots that take place really only happen in two locations. One being the theater, which there's just very few shots of. And then the other being inside of the VFW and then around the VFW. And they used a very one specific location to do all of this. So it is very, very interesting to me. And also just absolutely insane. Like how, they did this considering that we've got fucking movies like uncharted. That's budget was like $250 million and majority of it was shot on a fucking green screen. Like, and that movie stinks. Yeah, it does. It sucks. It's it's real bad. Okay. It's crazy. So I'm sorry. I'm just came and losing my mind. Fuck you, Patrick. You know, I, I I was just thinking, I, I feel like this movie is a sequel to Tropic Thunder, and Fred is just Kirk Lazarus. Because that's all I was thinking the whole time. Like, as he was talking, he was like, hey, hey, what, what, what do you mean, you you hot beast? <laughs> Could have been. Fair, fair enough. All right, now that brings us to the end of the episode where we ask the question, save it or can it? Which is what we normally do. Now, on an episode like this, this is a modern trash cinema film. So we switched it up a little bit. We do this on our mini shows. I think we did this on Zombievers as well. Now, obviously, either one of them can say that they don't like the film and get the shit out of here. But what we like to ask the question is, because this is modern, do we think this film helps save and revitalize the trash cinema genre? Or does it hurt it? So I'm going to start with you, Patrick, as I always do. Do you think this film helps save or helps can trash cinema? I think this, even though like, so we, we were texting a little bit before this is like not a Patrick movie unless like I'm in the right mood or I'm like with a group of people, but just because it's not a Patrick movie doesn't mean the movie's not great. Like I, I think I can put aside my own like tastes and recognize that this is a, a pretty great movie. Uh, and I understand why it has an 80 something on Rotten Tomatoes. Like it's a really well-made movie. The performances are great. And the fact that it has a less than $1 million budget and they achieve so many amazing set pieces is really impressive. So I think this is a pretty easy, I think this is a, uh, this helps save the legacy of trash cinema. I love it. Now, Mike, for you, which I do want to say, it was very interesting when you were watching the film, you were texting me through the entire thing. And you, you started off your initial texts were like, I don't understand this. Why is this shit happening? Kick this bitch out of this, this VFW. Just move on with your lives. And then there was a certain moment where you sent a text message that just said, holy shit, this film is hardcore. 
And I was like, all right, we got him. We got him. But tell me in your own words, tell the audience, I suppose, in your own words, do you think this film helps save trash cinema or do you think this film helps can trash cinema? No, it totally helps it. They, they do a lot of the things right that are in all of those type of movies. It's very meta. Uh, the fighting choreography is like slow. Like they're not trying to f- like make it be like fast. Like it's really like an old guy being like, in slow-mo because he's old swinging and the and the guy comes to attack him and he like stops to like help him like block the attack and like kill him and it's like oh it's great um it'll be like they're you know going to attacking a regular person then all of a sudden it cuts to another shot it's just like an obvious fake good looking head but a fake head nonetheless and you're like okay awesome and like when they (laughs) when he hit that dude with the truck they like do a cutback scene and there's just like, they just kind of threw a body in the air, like a fake dummy in the air. And it's like just flailing. And it's like, okay, like that rules. So it, it does. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's super hardcore. It's just gory as fucking hell. And I think exactly when I texted you that, um, that text was the moment when he was just stomping the dude's head off. And I was like, okay, all right. Honestly, like I think this movie could have have been a trash if like they went with a higher budget and it was like a lot of VFX and like yeah, I think sticking to that like old school filming method and like doing that kind of stuff, I think really serves this movie and makes it stand out and not just be just like a gore fest. It is, but like there's a lot more than that. Yeah. And then I, I don't if if you want to go first, Cayman, I like uh, maybe you can go first for whether you want to save it or can it, and then just thoughts on the movie, like our our, our lasting thoughts, because I have some things that I do want to say. Sure, absolutely, yeah. Look, like I said at the very beginning of the episode, this movie to me is pinnacle. This is like peak modern grindhouse, peak modern trash cinema. Um, it's just really fun, honestly. Like it's just a lot of fun. And my fiance said, like, this is one of her favorite modern grindhouse films. And which is kind of like makes me take a pause to be like, wait, did I fuck this up by like converting someone so hard into this? Like that this is the one Um, it is incredibly gory, but the gore effects are really fun, very campy. Um, But honestly, I think a lot of the film hinges upon the fact that Stephen Lang is just really fucking good in this movie. It's. I would say that this is his best performance in a film, at least for me. Like, he's just really good. He's a great actor. And his emotions and his, like, just his demeanor and the way he, car- the way he carries himself to the film is just awesome. And this movie is wild, right? It- it's a-, a tight hour 30. Fucking, you can burn through this movie. And it it starts, like, the action starts so quick as well. that it- it- There's, like, zero pacing issues in this movie at all. Like there's just so much happening at like every scene. There's just something going. And like, I just, man, I just, I love this movie. I 100% think that this, if you dig this movie, there's a ton of movies like this um, that you could fall in love with as well. And I think this is a great entry point to be like, Hey, what does modern trash cinema look like? This is it. And Joe Bigos, like, dude incredible work and i love this movie bliss also great as well we'll probably cover it on a minisode later but like vfw for me is incredible you can pick it up for seven dollars on 4k ultra just fucking buy a physical copy have for your collection it's great 
or get Shutter because there's an, a shit ton of incredible movies just like this on there as well. And mm-hmm. I can't recommend this highly, highly enough. Now, Absolutely. Mike, you you had some some other thoughts you wanted to share. Yeah, there was just some like. Did it feel like to anybody else? I was like, where the fuck are all these entrances in this bar? Like they were like just bored. I was like, where are these doors? Like there was just people were just coming in and they were just showing like doors. And I was like, I don't know where any of these fucking doors are. Okay. OSHA law. <laughs> OSHA. You have to have at least three exits, I think. Mm-hmm. OSHA 11. Oh, damn. Okay. I, didn't I don't know. know. Maybe I didn't that's know you're an OSHA scientist. I don't, know. Um, I don't know. He's definitely Maybe. an OSHA scientist. Yeah. No, there are definitely like when you, there are like, plot holes and like setting holes but like i think the way that this movie is presented it's like doesn't matter yeah yeah yeah. um and then at the end (laughs) they just keep they just kept a brick of drugs and they were like oh yeah we could like sell that and i was like to my head i was like to who so you just killed all of them (laughs) i was like well presumably there's still someone Right, there's I mean, someone yeah. out there who's expecting fifty thousand dollars worth yeah. of hype, like. But I, but I also thought it was just so funny because they were just like, "Oh yeah, we'll be able to sell blah blah." And I was like, "Dude, I, like, I'm just gonna assume that the police report that you you guys are gonna have a huge explanation on your hands. Be like, why no, are please. there why are there fifty dead junkies in your bar? It's like, oh, police are out of there. They left. Remember? Yeah. They oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah. They even make a. There's even a line. In the film of William Sadler's, or no, Crease was like, I've called the cops. It's been two hours. And I think William Sadler looks at him and is like, dude, the cops don't show up in this part of town anymore. Oh, yeah. They're not going to come. Damn, good on that. And they, they just kind of leave it there. And it's like, that's enough explanation for me. Yep. Yeah. Well, guys, if you've enjoyed this show, please rate, review, and share the hell with your friends, loved ones, and worst of enemies. Honestly, word of mouth is key here. We are beggars. Also... Fuck Keith. If I'm not mistaken, Keith was actually killed as one of the hypers in this movie. He better fucking have been. He better fucking have been. If you're interested in video games, check out our sister podcast, the Spotlight Games Podcast, and all of your favorite streaming services. We also have a YouTube channel, so don't be a heathen and watch this banter about video games there as well. Also, we're streaming live on Twitch every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, so come check us out there as well. In the meantime... You can follow me at Kid Cayman. Boys, where can they follow y'all? Mikey, you go first. Uh, Mick Dagger with two R's. Who? What one R was taken, huh? Sure was. You can follow me at Mick Dagger with one R. Oh, bitch. <laughs> no, I'm I'm at Patrick Schwag on Twitter. Uh, check it out. I, I, and I tweet so many fun things, guys. He does. It's true. And you can follow us uh, or our sister. You can follow our sister podcast at Spot Games Pod on Twitter and Spotlight Games Podcast on Instagram. Remember, fight big box office. Save trash cinema. <laughs> Thank you.